What is truth? Pilate asked that question to Jesus. And today in our postmodern age, there's a lot of question about what is truth. They say that truth is in our experience. If my experience is different than your experience, and my truth is different than your truth. And so, so many times we build our lives on values that are not lasting. Two national surveys conducted by Barna, people were asked if they believe that there are moral absolutes, that there are unchanging and moral truths. Are there moral absolutes or are there sort of a relative to the circumstances truths? And by a three to one margin, adults said truth is always relative to the person and their situation. Among teenagers, 83% said moral truth depends on the circumstances, and only 6% said moral truth is absolute. 6%. And so, I want to tell you today that Jesus said, I am the truth. And that I want to tell you, I stand before you to say that the Word of God is true. It is God's true revelation of who he is. I want you to look today at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. We know that even from last week that we are strangers in this world. We're in the world, but not of the world. We're passing through, but we have to learn and we have to be a people that are salt and light as well as the redeemed people of God who hide our, ourselves and find our value in the shadow of the cross. And so John has been encouraging us to keep his commandments. If, that's, if we really love, do what he says. And then there's sort of a test. Do you love the Lord? Do you love others? Do you love other people? Are you growing because of God's work in your life? And last week we talked about don't fall in love with the world. So John continues in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. So we have to kind of get back to the basic premise of the whole First John being written, and that is that there were many false teachers, and they had pulled people away from the church, and they had left the church of the living God, and they were teaching false teaching. And so he writes this whole book to them to kind of clarify and to, to show them. Verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, 
and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught to you, abide in him. And so John is, teaches us in these verses that we can either ground ourselves in the truth or suffer the consequences. For us to know that we should ground ourselves in truth or there will be consequences to that. And there are these three characteristics in the time I have left. Time is short today. There are these three characteristics in these verses which help us recognize the Antichrist agenda. Uh, so now I want to remind you that two things account for a lack of grounding, in the, and that is this. These things that cause us to have that lack of grounding is a knowledge and grounding our life in the Word of God and a lack of life in the Holy Spirit. Uh, or to put it another way, when people have no theological depth or don't anchor their life on the Word and no vital experience of the Holy Spirit, we are setting ducks to be deceived. And so, what is the Antichrist agenda? So, uh, that John is talking about to us. And I want to make it very simple for you today. Zig Ziglar always said, I get up every morning and I read the newspaper and I read my Bible because I want to see what both sides are up to. And so, uh, I, I don't think I have to educate you about what's going on in the world because you've either seen it on a feed, you're seeing it on a tube, or you're seeing it just everywhere around you. And I want to challenge you today with truth so that you would know to be on alert against false teachings. Here's the first thing. Here's the first agenda. Denying Jesus is the Christ. And so those, and he warns, even in the whole book of 1 John, but specifically here, he's talking about those who are false teachers. Who are the false teachers? They are the ones who deny that Jesus is the Christ. They are denying his deity, that he is the son of God that came out from heaven, out from the spiritual world in a dimension into this world, who came from the womb of a virgin as the God-man to save the world. They are denying that he is the sinless son of God. 
who, is, who lived in a perfect and righteous life and thereby secured the ideal and perfect righteousness for all of mankind. They deny his death and his resurrection. Seems that people are having a field day and, and, and mocking it. That he died as the perfect sacrifice for man's sin. They are denying his lordship, that he is truly the son of God who ascended into heaven is now seated at the right hand of the father. They are denying his return to earth, that he is coming again to execute judgment upon every person who has ever lived upon the earth. It's not clear, it's being a, I'll just say this, Christianity is not merely a set of doctrines. It is a relationship with a person and central to that is Jesus. If you do away with Jesus, you've done away with the whole faith. And it says in verse 18, and you have heard that the Antichrist shall come. So you might look and say, what's this Antichrist? Well, if you look at the word Antichrist, uh, you, you see that we see in the Bible that the word means instead of or opposed to, anti. The word anti means opposed or instead of, and instead of Christ, a counterfeit Christ. And John continues by saying that even now there are many antichrists, or plural, he says that right even here. He says that, and all he had to do is flip over to Second uh, John Two, seven. For many de- deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. It was already happening in the day of John and it has continued to this very time. The antichrist. Because they take on the personality of antichrist. The ones who they oppose Jesus. The spirit of Antichrist is that atmosphere that opposes Jesus Christ. And of course, we are experiencing that today. Whether you're at work or whether you're just in your neighborhood or whether you're a student at a middle school, there are many people who will talk to you and constantly accept anything you say about God except when you start talking about Jesus. And folks, I wanna make it very clear. I have banked my whole life and we as a church have bankrolled everything that we have on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone. We can't preach enough about Jesus. We can't talk enough about Jesus. We can't glorify him enough. And I want to challenge you as you consider yourself grafted in a child of God. We are built on Jesus Christ. So that's the first agenda of Antichrist. Second one is they desert the church. Verse 19. This desertion has sort of a three, you can see kind of three things. You can, there's a physical desertion, people who at one time were physically present in the church, but now they've deserted the church, they've gone their own way. Now, you know, back in the, especially in the early church, 
uh, you know, like for example, in Corinth, there was only one church. There wasn't a, there wasn't a first church of Corinth and then a second church of Corinth, and then there was a Methodist church of Corinth and a Baptist church of Corinth or anything like that. It was just one church. So when you talk about church discipline, they were just a church. And he says, second part of this is people leaving the church. Now, this is where as a pastor, I wish I could talk to you as if I weren't a pastor. There are a lot of times where I could speak where I weren't a pastor because so many of you think I'm talking because this is my life's work and you would say that because you're a pastor. So there's some times where I wish I wasn't a pastor. I could speak to you and say this truth. We live in a day of such moral failure. I believe God is bringing judgment against the church. He's starting in the house of God. But I think in the 90s, you know, I'm, I'm old enough now to have lived through all these decades and everything. In the 90s, man, we were talking, man, you were free. Forget those Sunday school pins. That's old school. You give the perfect attendance and all that. That's old school. We don't want that anymore. You don't have to go to church every Sunday to be saved. And man, we took that and ran with that, didn't we? You don't have to go to church to be saved. I'm talking to a young couple this week heard it right you don't have to go to church to be saved it's a slippery slope folks that's what he's saying about the first thing of denying the christ and then they leave the church there's a physical desertion and then there's a there's a second thing and that is a moral desertion they morally depart from the faith also doing anything and everything that the lost world does. Folks, isn't this us? Do you know all the statistics about pornography or alcoholism or anything like that? So many times when they do those, the statistics are the same for people who go to church as the people who don't go to church, who deny God. God is calling us and has a higher calling on your life. We are not going to get anywhere with each other by lowering the bar. His grace is sufficient. I know that. The forgiveness, this is a hospital for sinners, not a country club for saints, all right? I'm saying that God wants us to raise the bar and for us to be unique and a peculiar people. And I am here and I am trying as best I can to speak to you truth. As I sit with that young man and I'm sitting there on that table and I'm sitting there, I have a choice. And it was so interesting because he's not, he's just a little younger than I am because he's got kids that are teenagers now. And I am sitting there and I had this moment where I was thinking, he's kind of almost young enough to be my son. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and I'm thinking, if this was my son, what would I say to him? And that's the way I feel about you. If I was just sitting across the table from you, what would I say? And I want to tell you, it's, it's, it's like John has been saying to us, choose life, don't choose death. There's no life in this. Listen to me, folks. You can chase every kind of dream. You can chase for your value and everything else. People look for it everywhere. And there's every other thing vying for your attention. 
And I want to speak up today and say, listen to the truth. Listen to the truth. Don't deny that Jesus is the Christ. In fact, build your life on him. He's your only hope. And so many people want to bash churches. And it's true. And I don't want us to be a church like that. I don't want us to be a church that's always being fighting with each other. We're gossip behind each other's back. We don't do that. Kind of, I want us to be a people that are different and peculiar. We give so many people excuses for not coming to church by our own mouths and the way we talk. So we want to build our life on truth. Build our life on truth. They left the church because there was a moral desertion. And then there's an intellectual one, and they call that We call that apostasy. That is a person who departs from faith, a person who deserts the doctrines of the Christian faith. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The way I read this is if you depart from the doctrines of Christ, which are revealed to us in the word of God, when you don't have God Those are serious matters. Here's the third thing that the Antichrist is up to. And they are, Antichrist is up to denying Christ, deserting the church, and deceiving the Christian. These things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. That means to lead you astray, lead you into error. That's what those who go away from the faith do, they deceive the Christian. The cults that we deal with today, people that are coming in Jesus' name, but they deny the true Christ. They are engaged in seducing professing Christians. We don't wanna be a part of that. So he says in verses 18 through 23, guard against false teachings. And then he says in verses 24 through 27, the word is alive in you, that you retain the word. And so what am I saying to you? There's a couple of things I just want to say to you. Stay in the church of the living God with all of our warts, with everything, with the undoneness. Hey man, I am a pastor I am undone. I do not have it together. I am living based on the word. I'm I'm living based on the grace of God. I need his truth in my life. Stay in where we can encourage each other. You're not going, you think you're going to find that at a football field? You think you're going to find the truth you need to be a parent? in whatever success that you have in your business, you think you're gonna be able to fit. I wanna tell you, we have together God's grace. Stay in the church. Make sure that we stay guided by the Bible. People say, it doesn't matter where you go to church as long as you go to church. Again, here's one of the things I would say if I weren't a pastor. It does matter. It does matter what people preach. This isn't a self-help book. This is a God help me book. 
because I need you. Here's the second thing. Stay in the word. I just want to challenge you guys, man. Stay in the word. Stay in the Bible. Let the Bible stay in you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, people who deny the inerrancy of the scripture say it's the words of, they say that it, the words of God and men, not just the, the, they just say it's men and people that are just saying all these things, not just the words of God. If you'll get the Bible in your life every day, it will be wonders in your life. I just want to challenge you today. And here's the third thing is this. And this is something that I didn't hear a lot about when I was growing up. But I want to challenge you with this. Abide in the Spirit of God. Drop down to verse 27. The word unction in verse 20. And the word anointing in verse 27 are those same Greek words. The reference here is the anointing with the oil. In the Old Testament, they would anoint a prophet, a priest, and a king. And I want to challenge you. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit. What? To be able to discern and to be led by the Spirit of God and also be empowered by the Spirit of God to live your life, to walk with God. You yourself. So I want to challenge you as a student to stay in the word, stay connected to other people, stay and abide in Christ, in the spirit of God. And I want to say one last thing as we leave and I talk about these things because some of you are like, okay, so I'm supposed to remember all these things. No, listen to me, especially you students, listen to me. We change our behavior before we change what we believe. Parents, the same thing to you. Young parents, listen to me, what I'm gonna say here. Listen to me. We change our behavior before we change what we believe. Let me tell you why I say that. Young people, you go maybe away to school and you'll realize that when you get there that it's easy for you to deny Christ or to kind of act like, and then also uh, don't go to church. Uh, there's no, no place like the church I grew up, so I'm not gonna go to church. It doesn't remind me of that, so I'm not gonna go. And so before long, you drift away. And you start saying, man, it's a lot easier for me to sleep in. And then you start looking at the people around, there. they seem to have a lot of fun, so I'm just gonna kind of go with them. And before you know it, you're changing your behavior. And what do you do? You reduce and go, you, know, you don't have to go to church to be saved. I don't have to go to church, don't tell me that. And then before long, slowly, you change what you believe. Oh, you meet this girl. I really like her. And then all at once, that attraction turns into passion. And so you lower the bar a little bit and you change how you behave. And before long, they don't even know Christ. You go, you know, I really like her. And you have a choice. You change the way you behave because you really like her. And then you change what you believe. Well, you know, it's not as important as it used to be to me. Then you change what you believe. Then over time, it's the same thing for you parents. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more intoxicating than a success of a child. I see parents do it all the time. They'll almost do anything. They'll bankroll their whole future. They will give up Sundays and they'll do everything under God's green earth to see their son or daughter succeed. 
You'll change your behavior, but, and then you'll change what you believe. Here's what I'm saying to you. I'm really wanting to challenge you guys today. Make that commitment to Christ. Say there are some, and draw some boundaries in your life and say here are the most important things. And then manage your life to those decisions. Quit just making every decision based on what it is. You cannot wait until you go away and you're alone with her and go, how do I feel about sex before marriage? Hmm, let's think about that just for a minute. In the heat of the moment, you cannot do that. You have to make your decision prior to that experience. That's why we talk to our middle schoolers about making those rock-solid decisions for Christ. Parents, as you get married, even now, you have to say, there are some boundaries in our family's life we will not cross. We are going to make Jesus first. We're going to do this. And then you manage your parenting to that. You don't wait till you get there and go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to challenge us to be a people who draw those lines based on truth. Based on truth. The Antichrist, those who are opposed to Christ, it seems I, I really do love these young parents. We have a lot of young parents. We've got people that are, gonna, are pregnant with babies right now. I'm so excited for a new generation. And I just want so badly to tell them there's a better way than what you're seeing Maybe even your generation do it. I want to tell you there's a better way. There's a better way. And that is put Jesus first. And so I challenge you today. Decide and commit and have faith and manage your life to the decision of following Christ. I just remind you here at the very end. Something I've said I know dozens of times, but I'm going to keep saying it. You can't get to Fort Wayne by going west on 30. So many of you want to go to heaven and you want to live a life that's blessed. Some of you young people, you want to find the perfect, by the way, don't be looking for the one. Look for number two. You're looking for the great number two. You're not looking for the one. You're looking, you already got the one. His name is Jesus. God is number one. Look for number two. And then... Make those decisions. Everybody wants to end up at the great place. We want great kids when we're, when we're old. We want these kids that are like get married. They're like this generation. Some of them might even do better than we ever did and are blessing to God and blessing to the generation. We want that. You can't get to Fort Wayne by going west on 30. It's the law of the path. We want it and we have to make our decisions and we have to manage our life to those decisions. We change our behavior before we change what we believe. The spirit of Antichrist is after us. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And today I sit here in 2018 and tell you, in him is life. And he is the light. If you want life, decide and draw your lines towards Jesus. Father, I pray through the power of the Spirit and according to your word that we would be alive in you today. Help us, Lord. Help us, Father, to not be deceived. 
I pray against the schemes of the evil one in every person's life to destroy and bring destruction. Lord, help us to be alive in Christ. Help us, Lord, to know the life we find in Jesus. Lord, we lift you up, we don't deny you. Lord, we lean in to each other because we need each other. We don't walk away. Lord, I pray against deception. Lord, I pray that we would be a people of truth. Help us, Father, to be a confessing, repenting, truth-abiding people and that we would trust you. Lord, we got here by trusting you. Help us, Lord, not to do something else. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I pray this week that you will be encouraged, encouraged to, that you have brothers and sisters who you're with, that we stay in the word and that you abide in the spirit of God. God bless you. Have a great week.